You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to Video Monsters, where we take movies seriously, just not ourselves. I'm Nathan. And I'm Eric. And we are super excited to have back with us uh, Chris Dorch. Say hello, Chris. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me back. Man, we are so excited to have you back. Like, I, I can't even explain it. And I say that every time that you're on, just because you're always so much fun to talk <laughs> to. And I, like... I, I wish that we actually had the uh, the video conferencing going right now because I just have a huge smile. I am seriously so happy to be talking to you, not just because we love you, but because CFF is coming up in uh, a few short days, depending on when this episode's actually actually released. Uh, so yeah, Chris, you are the um, Grand Poobah, the director of CFF. Um, welcome back. Uh, man, it's good to be back. It really is. I, for a while, didn't think I would ever get to talk about this festival again. I was like getting ready to uh, to begin the, f- the funeral rites, honestly. So, <laughs> well, let's start off there because obviously it is no longer mid-April, um, which is when the fest was originally slated, and then you know, COVID nineteen is a dick and kind of screwed everything up, and things had to be postponed. And it sucks, and I I don't know about everyone else, but I was certainly sad about it. And then today, I started seeing the tweets and the Facebook messages and all of the different posts about the current lineup uh, and all the special events that you have planned for CFF going virtual. And like seriously, Eric and I uh, kind of geeked out about it for a while, just like, oh, dude, this thing's happening. Oh, dude, this thing's happening. So uh, oh, man, yeah, we were we were losing like I was legitimately losing my mind over it. Like, I, I mean, it's incredible the what you guys have been able to do in just this short turnaround time from going from like the full fledged on ground fest to making it virtual. I mean, like my jaw sure. literally dropped when I checked when I was looking through that lineup. It's incredible. I'm very glad to hear that. That jaw drop was very much the intended <laughs> effect. <laughs> so with things having uh, moved from on ground to, to virtual, um, you know, obviously I, I, I know you might not want to go through the entire story of everything that, uh, that went into it, but as much as you want to say about what went in from it going from uh, from on ground to virtual, and also like what are you most excited about with with the fest being virtual? So I'll I'll tell you the 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 big thing was just that you know we said that we had postponed and we kept thinking all right we'll give it till June we'll give it till July we'll start to look at, at September and then we started to see all of our friends at other festivals start to to push their dates and cancel their dates. And, and the, the reality that 
something wasn't going to maybe get to happen at all this year was starting to creep in and it, and it really got very heartbreaking for us. And, and, uh, you know, it wasn't until we got those early calls from Microsoft, uh, and kind of offer who offered us a chance to, to, you know, utilize not only some technologies that they'd already been working on, but utilizing them in some really interesting ways to build some interactivity in that we started to, to get fired up again and start to, you know, do what I love about this the most, which is brainstorm and have these goofy pitch sessions with each other where we come up with ideas and, and things like that. And one thing early on in that process, uh, uh, my friend, uh, uh, Josh Goldblum from, from formerly of the, of the Cinepocalypse Film Festival was another guy that that was a festival that I would always look at their programming and think, gosh, this guy is just doing it right. He's, you know, he's bringing, you know, Michael Ironside in and giving him Lifetime Achievement Awards. He's doing screenings of Airheads with the director. He, he's a guy who felt like he was reading my diary of all the things <laughs> that I wanted to do with my festival. And so early on when we got that offer, uh, you know, from Microsoft, he's somebody that I reached out to to say, hey, man, you know, I love you. You're my friend. Uh, obviously, I don't have a red cent to offer you because I don't get a red cent myself would you want to climb aboard this crazy train and kind of help us, you know, do something unique. And to his absolute credit, you know, he came on board uh, and he's, he's a part of our team now and has really helped us shape this year and, and make sure that there were some special elements to it. So one thing that I've, I'm most excited about with this festival is that we've always been limited by a couple of things. One, the size of our venue, you know, we've never been able to afford renting this massive, you know, it wouldn't have even made sense to rent a massive, you know, venue for us. Uh, and then two, there's always been guests that have been just out of our reach because I don't know, travel is always difficult and expensive. Our travel budget is always one of the hardest parts for us to raise this pandemic, even though it's the most terrible thing that could have possibly happened in a lot of ways made the world a little smaller for us. And it meant that people who might not have been able to get on a plane and fly here were suddenly able to conference in and be a part of it. And so the thing I'm most excited about is that even though it is virtual, that we're now getting a chance to, you know, kind of flex our muscles and bring in some, some folks that we've been wanting to bring in for years, uh, but without necessarily having to raise that extra, you know, hundred thousand dollars to get them all flown out here. And so that it, it made what we were able to achieve on the tiny budget that we have. And, and again, I think when people see the name Microsoft, they think, oh, they must have given CFF a million dollars to do this. That's not the case. They gave us a platform and hoped that we would be able to kind of make it work ourselves, you know? And I mean, that's being said, they're giving us all the support in the world in terms of teaching us how the platform works and populating it with the content and things like that. But it was still very much on me and on Josh and on Bex and even dad to, to put this together and to make it work. And so that was one of those things that uh, it, especially coming so closely on the heels of having to cancel CFF one, basically having to start from scratch and not only start from scratch, build a whole festival in six weeks was just an God, insane, insane undertaking. And then also, you know, having to, uh, to explain to every single filmmaker how this was going to work and how seriously we were treating the piracy and how much we wanted to make sure that this wasn't going to affect distribution deals or even in the cases of distributed films, you know, the way that we approach dealing with them. And 
for every person that got it and signed on right away, like our friends at Shudder or like the incredible guys at Dark Star, who you'll see a bunch of incredible films that have come from them this year uh, on our lineup. There were people that got it right away and there are people that still don't get it. There are people that think that I was just essentially handing their movie over to, to a torrent site, you know, and I, I hate that. Uh, and again, the, the fact that people are so willing to pirate, especially indie films, is part of what's caused that for us. But, uh, you know, right. if it really was going to be a brave new world, we wanted to be on our surfboards and be trying to ride the crest of that wave rather than you know, sit on our hands and, and, and hope that movie theaters came back sometime soon. Yeah. And I mean, you and I were talking about this uh, a little bit before we recorded and we've talked about it before Eric and I talk about it on damn near every episode that we talk about. There's such a communal aspect with film. And that's one of the things that we love so much about CFF is it's not just the movies because most of the movies that you've screened have ended up on platforms, you know, like a, a lot of the stuff, uh, if you go back and listeners, if you go back and look at the films that screened, uh, from the CFF website, you can find most of them on Amazon or on Netflix or on shutter. So it's not just about seeing it, you know, a few months or a couple of years earlier than you would have otherwise. It's about sure. sharing that experience with those other people there and, and talking about it. And, um, and, and yeah, like with the world getting a little bit smaller and people that like even family that I typically do not call, we've been FaceTiming a ton and it is kind of weird that, that as terrible as the situation is, it is forcing things to get a little bit closer. But I, I'm I am still so curious as to how all of that is going to translate to the virtual setting. Um, again, the amount of work that you've put into it, the amount of work that everyone else has put into it in terms of making sure that it does retain as much of that as possible. I have no question that it's going to work. I, I'm, I'm just still trying to understand how, you know, like are the movies, uh, are they just all going to be available during that four day window? Are they only so, screening at certain time uh, slots? One good way to understand it. Uh, that, that is, is an example that I've been giving folks is if you know, if you're a shutter subscriber, you know that you can hop on shutter and have yourself an a la carte experience where you, you go on video on demand and you choose your own adventure. But you also know that there's shutter TV and that's their curated live stream that's happened 24 hours a day. That's how Joe Bob's last drive-in show is presented. And the folks at Shudder have done an incredible job at building an online community around those live events. And we thought, all right, so what, okay. And also one of the big things that we, we ask people for feedback at the end of every festival, what didn't you like? What, what can we do better? And the number one thing people come back to us and say is, Hey, we wish we had more time to watch the movie or damn, I wish this wasn't scheduled against this. And that's a thing that I hate hearing because I obviously, we agonize to get every movie and we want people to see as much stuff as we can. But, you know, the the, the confines of time and, and the laws of time and space make that kind of tough. <laughs> and, and so now we have a festival in which you can choose the order in which you watch the films, but there's also a live stream going throughout. And that live stream has everything from filmmaker Q and A's to panels to even an attempt at a virtual party that, you know, uh, I, I think is going to be pretty damn fun. And, you know, I also, you know, when WrestleMania aired in front of zero fans a few <laughs> weeks back, I watched it and I saw Rob Gronk. Yeah. You saw Gronk like 
trying to pretend like he was partying in the studio and it just felt fucking weird man and it's like <laughs> you know no offense i i you know i had fun watching all of that but like we didn't want it to feel like that it, it couldn't feel clinical and so finding ways to like willy wonkify it i guess is the way to put it you know <laughs> to 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 make sure that the that the pulse of it uh, uh stayed intact was like like you know mission one basically yeah uh eric and i were actually just talking about this i don't remember if we talked about it on the episode or not um but the the last episode that we did we were talking about how um with things being virtual and not knowing exactly how it was going to happen part of me was hoping that it was going to be very much like what you just said in terms of you can go through and pick the movies that you want to watch when you want to watch them so that I don't have that agony of, Oh crap. Am I going to go to this film that I really want to see or this film that I really want to see? But then there was also part of me that was missing that a little bit, you know, like that rush that you get from, Oh crap. How am I actually going to plan everything out? And I need to make sure that I have, you know, all of these snacks ready because you know, that adrenaline rush, uh, from the anxiety of not knowing what's going to be seen. Honestly, I miss that a little bit. And that's super weird hey. to say, because that's my least <laughs> you, favorite part. Hey, of man, the entire I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I miss it too. I, I really like, I, part of the, the joy of the film festival is like some of the people that have become part of my family through this, even folks like you guys and like Cargill and Brian Salisbury, like not to be able to hug those guys on the ground, you know, not to be able to, to high five our friends at shockwaves and, and uh, uh, you know, it, it definitely, it feels a lot different. And, and uh, you know, uh, one of the things that, uh, that was an, an inspiration early on, I don't know if you've been watching these, you know, these Saturday night live uh, from home episodes they're doing, yeah. I think they're finding really clever ways to still kind of touch you and still kind of pull on your heartstrings and, and, and find some warmth in the fact that we're, even though we're, I, I, the, I keep thinking of it in terms of the name of a stroke song, which is alone together. Like we're, even though we're all apart, yeah. like, there are ways that we can all like, it was really fun when like Tiger King came out to watch the internet, just have a collective <laughs> aneurysm around that and all the like conversation about it and, and animal crossing these little things that might have been a frivolous little video game to people in the time before COVID became these things that we were all, it, those were our new water cooler discussions. Those were what we were talking about. And I thought, all right, man, well, as, as far apart as we all seem to be, something about this seems to be, you know, film seems to be bringing people together again, even yeah. though we can't get in theaters, it's happening all around us. And I, I wanted to kind of, you know, harness that dragon. And I feel like we have, I, I feel, and again, this could all fall flat on its ass. We're experimenting <laughs> here. We don't know if it's going to work, if I'm going to look like Rob Gronk trying to be like, hey, everybody, I'm having a great time here at CFFHQ. I don't know, but you will know that I at least mean it in my heart when I say it, uh, because I feel fortunate that I even get to be here, you know, that this even got to happen. It's, it, it feels like a minor miracle that, that, that this got to be resurrected in the way that it did. See, yeah, I, the I great don't think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like, and the great thing too, about like, like you said, with this being a virtual experience is that we are opening this up to more people to be able to share in this experience, which I think is, I mean, you're getting more exposure for the film festival and you know, there, I, I know every time I'm on Twitter and I'm looking up stuff about the film festival, there's so many people out there who are like, Oh man, I hate that. I wasn't able to make it this year. And now anybody who has, 
a few bucks in their pocket is able to join in on that. And I think that, that is an incredible experience that, that we should not take for granted in any way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's one of those things where now, like I absolutely kick myself for, you know, for, for not getting out of the house more to see movies. I, I rationalize like, ah, you know what? I'll catch it next week. That kind of thing. Way too much. Right. And, oh man, I'll see this band when they tour through Atlanta the next time. And now I don't know when that's going to get to happen again. And, and, uh, that it's heartbreaking as that is, uh, you know, I, I want to be one of those people that's hopefully able to do something about that, you know? And, uh, I hope that this is just an endless amount of joy for anybody that, that, uh, lays down the 30 bucks to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I, I wanted to mention or focus on that for a second. I kind of have so many thoughts that I, I hope that we have a chance to get to, but, uh, sure, sure. I, I, did want to focus on the fact that it is only 30 bucks for the entire weekend. Right. That, thank you. <laughs> that, that is so great because um, it's just great. It, it makes it to where people who might not have been able to afford uh, to go, even people who are local who maybe could only afford a couple of tickets. I mean, 30 bucks for the entire film fest is what, like three movies during a, a typical film fest. It, yeah, it's certainly only like I, two really going is, to the theater. Yeah. It, it just felt wrong to try. I mean, we can't bang the drum of saying we want to be inclusive and we don't want to leave anybody behind and then charge uh, Sundance prices for our virtual film festival. That's not going to work. And, and further, not only is it not going to work, it's completely against everything that we claim that we are. And, and uh, you know, uh, that being said, uh, even folks that bought badges to, the, the you know the physical festival we know that that cost was a lot more so we're giving folks the chance to if if they want to donate the rest of the money that they spent on their badge that's great if they need that money back we're on a case-by-case -case basis trying to give people refunds on on the remaining balance of it we're even letting people go ahead and use that money as a deposit on a badge for the next festival. We're not trying to rip anybody off here. We're trying to, to give them as much value as they can. And then, you know, when I, I, I'm, you know, immediately when Universal started to put things like The Hunt or Invisible Man online, even though I had seen those films theatrically, I thought, man, now is the time for me to really start supporting this stuff. And it was yeah. a very easy decision for me to make to plunk down another 20 bucks to watch The Invisible Man again. And so when we started thinking about price point, even though I'm sure a lot of the people at Microsoft thought I was absolutely crazy for wanting to price it this low, uh, when I explained to them, well, look, man, if people are willing to pay $20 for one movie, for $10 more, if they get a weekend, that becomes the no-brainer of no-brainers. And they know we're serious about this inclusion thing, man. And so that's that's where a lot of that came from. And to their credit, they got it right away. And, and Marco from, from Microsoft was just, you know, honestly been a saint throughout this entire process. Marco was another guy early on. It was like, Chris, let's, let's think about how we can, you know, make, make sure that the most amount of people get a chance to, to have fun with this and that we're not leaving people out. And we, we did also create a, a VIP tier uh, for people that maybe want to donate a bit more to the festival and they'll get a, a couple more things that, that other folks won't. But for the most part, it's all access for that 30 bucks. We're not trying to, to go country club with people on these prices. We wanted <laughs> people to, to be able to take part, you know? 
Well, and the other thing too that I really appreciate about this festival is that not only is it only 30 bucks, but you are splitting the proceeds of that with the filmmakers whose films are in the festival, which is just an incredible, it feels kind of unprecedented for a festival to, to do something like that. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you, not to, to sound disingenuous, I hope we shame a bunch of these other folks. <laughs> that are to go Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you know what? We are nothing without our fans. And our fans are hurting right now, man. Uh, people aren't getting their stimulus checks yet. Everybody's on unemployment. You know, it's just, it's a bad time to to go premium price with anything. And, and it, that that's not fair. And that's not cool. And we aren't going to do that. So if we can lead that charge and... You know, I hope we do. Then that was that was a necessary thing that had to be done. And believe me, I, you know, I'm the one who's going to be eating dry ramen when, you know, <laughs> based on that decision. You know, we're not. Uh, Dude, you know, so water is free, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We, well, you know, you have to have running water to boil it. You know, so. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, someone it, near you has to have running water. Oh yeah, I'm confident that I could I could hit up a neighbor <laughs> if things got bad enough. But but even then, you know, social distancing, who knows how it's going to work anymore. So uh, it, it's just one of those things that I I, I don't ever want to just claim to respect cinema or claim to respect my audience and then not put my money where my mouth is, or in this case, put my lack of money where my mouth is. <laughs> and and uh, that that felt like the only way to do it, you know. Yeah. And God, again, we talk about this so much in terms of that respecting cinema and that love of cinema. And I don't know if you've ever made even a dime from the film fest in terms of personally, because as far as I know, anything that you have ever gotten has just gone directly back into the film fest, um, which that level of commitment and that level of passion and that level of people need to see these movies for me at least like it shines through and that is part of what has always made cff so special to me is uh just being able again yes there's the side of uh, being able to talk to people and i've gone on ad infinitum about that communal aspect but being able to see movies that i might not ever have a chance to see again is just such a, a special thing to me because you are um, taking a chance and you are showing people things that they might not want to watch. And honestly, there's sure. been a couple of movies that I haven't loved, but I love that I saw them. Uh, yeah, thankfully- man. Uh, Rob Alderman, uh, who I love uh, from the Alderman group, who's been a, a sponsor and a friend of us forever. Uh, I ran into him after this is in our early pop-up screen days after our screening of escape from tomorrow. And, you know, that was that movie that was illegally filmed in Disneyland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not a movie that. really fun, but not for everybody. And Rob had the greatest thing he said to me after that. I, I said, Hey Rob, did you like that? And he said, no. <laughs> and then he, and then I said, but are you glad you saw it? And he said, I am so glad I saw it. And that right there, that moment is something that's just stuck in my head as being like, you know what, even if everybody isn't going to love every inch of this, I know they're going to appreciate the chance to get to see something that might not have come their way otherwise. And it's a really cool thing to put something into context for someone that they might not have even known what it was. Like, like uh, we got Peter Kaplowski uh, involved again this year, uh, showing season two of Cowboy Who. And 
that is something that meant a lot to Peter personally and that he's getting to curate that and share that now it's getting to find a wider audience. So it's not just living in the personal collection of one guy who's kind of an archeologist. Now it's, it's getting its way out into the world and other people are getting to get joy from it. And to me, it's, I think there's always been this bad stigma about film buffs where, you know, we're, we're keeping the, we're saving the best gems for ourselves or things like that. I never wanted this to feel like that. It wanted, it needed to feel like it was open to everybody and that everybody was quote unquote in on the joke that it didn't matter if you had been to film school. And if you didn't like something that didn't mean we were going to run you out on a rail, it it meant that that was, that was fine. You know, Uh, not everybody's going to love everything. Yeah. And thankfully the movies that I've not enjoyed have been very, very, very few, um, and I, I think there's only been like one or two that by the end of it, I'm like, glad that I saw it. Ah, I <laughs> never, never watching it again. <laughs> never, ever, ever watching it. Uh, but, but again, that's only been like one or two, even movies that I've not liked love that I saw it. Um, and so, um, like part of what set CFF in motion for me, at least was the first one that I went to was the one where, um, where Clint Howard was there uh, for the screening of Wraith and people were laughing all the way through it. And I now own at least two copies of the Wraith and it's one of the movies. That's great to hear. It it, it is now one of the movies that anytime that I'm at a pawn shop, you know, when they open back up uh, or or at a thrift store, like if I see it, I pick it up. Don't even care how many copies it's just, (laughs) yep. Buying that one again. Um, But in the Q and a, someone asked him like, Oh man, this was really funny. Uh, was it made to be funny? Like, did you all realize that you were going to have this much fun? And he was like, no, this was a serious movie. We did not play this as a joke. Like we were taking this as a serious, like sci-fi thriller. Yeah. yeah. But then you, then the thing that he said, um, cause I think that that was the first one that was screened that night. Maybe I don't remember. It was one of the first ones that I saw, um, in all of my CFF uh, experiences, but it was like, but it doesn't matter why we made it. It matters that you have fun. So we didn't make it to get a laugh, but being in here and hearing all of you laugh with it and having fun with it, like that, that's what movies are for. Yeah. And and how, how are you not supposed to pull joy out of that? You know, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's just been something that stuck with me. Uh, and then I was, you know, squeeing like a little schoolgirl when I got to meet him afterwards and talk to him about like, Oh my God, hi, <laughs> I, I like you. Uh, <laughs> such, such a cool dude, such a disarm, like eating barbecue with that guy remains one of the most surreal, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I really was happy to bring him out. Yeah. And God, he was super nice. Like, I I forget if it was Bex or if he had uh, a different handler, but like they had to come and get him and they were like, Clint, your flight is about to leave. You have to stop talking to people. (laughs) I I believe it was was Bex. Yeah. Yeah. Like, damn, I got to go. Okay. Sorry. You know, Ah, it's been so much fun. So speaking of celebrity guests, I just have to, to ask you, you have an unbelievable group of people who are joining in on CFF for this year. How the hell did you manage to snag people like Ice-T and Joe fucking Dante? Oh my God, I'm so, like, I just... It's Man, so you're, you're talking about a couple of white whales for us there in that regard. And in, in the case of Ice-T, uh, uh, 
Josh Goldblum, who I mentioned earlier, who came on board, had been kind of chasing down Ice-T for years. And he had done an event with Ernest Dickerson, a screening of Demon Knight at Cinepocalypse in the past, and got to know Ernest and what an incredibly kind guy Ernest was. And, you know, for years and years, tried to figure out a way to, to get Ice involved. And, and uh, this year, when we pitched Ice a conversation with Ernest about the making of surviving the game, which I don't know if you guys have seen it is such a terrific fun. I mean, you got Rutger Hauer and Gary Busey at the height of their powers. Like it's just, it's just a blast of a movie and, and ice to his absolute credit. I mean, I don't think it took him a day to say yes to it. It really, and then the, the same with Joe Dante, we've been chasing Joe for years and years, hoping to do a screening of the, of the burbs or do something to kind of celebrate him. Because I, I think Joe is just one of those guys that like, I don't know of a film on Joe's filmography that I don't absolutely love or that hasn't grown up. Like if it hasn't been a part of me since I've grown up. And so it's, it's kind of like, I, it almost feels like Christmas that Josh finally got iced tea and that we finally were able to get uh, Joe Dante down here. And, and uh, you know, other folks like I've been trying to get Mick Garris down here for years and years and to now have him and Joe Bob Briggs discussing the making of the stand together because I just think that's fun, and also to lean into the pandemic content we thought was hilarious. I don't, I don't know why we thought. I, <laughs> no, I don't know I why it. I thought it was funny. Maybe that's so a great. deeply poor taste, but like, you know, we've been I, doing uh, the same thing on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, you know, it's funny. You, you know, you see, uh, you now you can see the top ten movies that are trending on on Netflix, and there was like a good couple of weeks there where Contagion was on top of the list, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> Contagion we got some, outbreak, and <laughs> yeah, we got some gluttons for punishment out there watching this stuff. Uh, so we just thought, no, nah, we're not going to lean away from that. You know, we can't pretend that this craziness isn't blowing around outside, and so we wanted to find fun ways to try to include it. And, and I, I hope we pull it off, you know? Yeah. yeah and for how, me how could you not am, lean into it? Oh yeah, for sure. And totally. I was, for me personally, I'm so thrilled. I'm become mildly obsessed with screen drafts. Like I'm the kind of person who <laughs> mildly obsessed. Yes, nothing, dude. I, no, I talk <laughs> about it all the time. I, I usually just pick and choose episodes of podcasts based on whatever movie they're covering, whatever. But screen drafts is one that I've listened to every episode. I'm so excited that they're doing a live episode of Screen Drafts with Grant. Oh man, and, and yeah. we have oh, Billy God. Ray Bruton. Uh, Billy, Ray, yeah, who, uh, yeah, to to thank for that. He introduced me to Clay Keller, and uh, we started talking early on about what it what the shape of it could be. And I believe the uh, decided upon topic is the best horror films of the '70s. Yes. Uh, one of the things. That's the the most fun I ever have disagreeing with people. That podcast, <laughs> uh, so it's like, uh, it's the best. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny when I, I saw an exchange between uh, Clay and Billy Ray today when they when this got announced. Uh, I think Billy Ray said something to Clay like, "You're ready to piss people off on a national level, <laughs> yeah. like you know, kind of a thing." And I just I, I love that they've even created that format. I'm glad you're a fan because we, we think it's really going to translate well to, to what we to what we do. And if, if folks love it, we hope to bring it back. Same as uh, uh, Pumpkin Pie Show and, and Clay Chapman. Uh, Clay was kind of, for me, the sleeper hit of CFF last year. And even though uh, that room wasn't as packed as it should be, that wasn't Clay's fault. I think I kind of failed to put into context for people how amazing a storyteller he was. And now, now Clay's gone off and wrote this incredible novel called The Remaking that I can't recommend enough. Now he's writing uh, Scream, Curse of Carnage for Marvel Comics, which thankfully are about to start to be printed again uh, pretty, pretty soon here. Um, and uh, he's just an awesome guy and this incredible storyteller. And so 
finding things like that, uh, that, that we could plug in that even though that wasn't a movie, it was movie adjacent. It, it, it felt like the art of storytelling, the art of, of, you know, kind of debating with your friends, what the best movies are, all those things are a part of what it means to be a cinephile. And I feel like, you know, if, if there's a bingo card, uh, of of I, I hope we I hope we can call bingo by the end of CFF is I guess what I'm saying you know so earlier when you said something about uh, like you you don't know whether or not this is going to be successful or if you're going to fall flat on your ass or whatever like sure. all of these special events these are the things that not just CFF in person but uh, like thinking about what it's going to look like virtually for me that is uh, like enough insurance of no how could it possibly fall flat because you are adding in all of these other things that aren't just movies um and like i remember one of the first film fests that i went to i don't know only like five or six years ago but there was a uh, a shockwaves live uh, live podcast and i didn't go sure. to it because i was like eh, it's just a podcast like i can listen to it later right <clears throat> but now it's just like if i have to choose between going to a live podcast or watching a movie i generally go towards the podcast depending on what movie it's uh, it's up against because of again like that that live experience and being there with people and so looking forward to how all of these things are going to translate you know uh, having junk food back which is one of my favorite podcasts oh my god, god I love, so much, love those guys so much and they're just they're just true blue i mean i like the day i met cargill i stayed up with him until four in the morning drinking whiskey and talking about flash gordon and, and you're lucky if you meet 10 people like that in your whole life you know what i mean and mm -hmm. and uh it just uh, uh these guys I, I they they felt like they got what we were trying to put into the universe right away and as far as i'm concerned as long as they will return my phone calls they will be a part of <laughs> you know i i hope to have Good. them out every year yeah yeah, when uh, when we were talking with Salisbury last year at CFF, um, I, I told him that like sometimes I get a little angry because their podcast is so much what I want Video Monsters to be. But you know, obviously, uh, neither Eric nor I are, are cargo. Like we're not screenwriters; we don't have the same experiences. So like, there's no way we're ever going to reach that level. But you know, like as much as I absolutely adore Shockwaves, and as much as I love sure. screen drafts, like. Those are ones that I love to listen to, but ones that I don't really see this pod uh, podcast becoming. Listening to junk food, it's like, damn it, oh, that that's like that's what I want, you know? <laughs> yeah, <And> man. The, <laughs> there have been a number of times where they've recorded an episode that Eric and I were talking about doing, and we're like, well, now we can't record it because they just like, covered it. Yeah, the, the, the Simpsons <laughs> did it. Yeah, like you know, yeah, the, the, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things though that like I, one of the things I'm kind of a big fan about podcast culture is that it's allowed people who just love something so much that they you know couldn't shut up about it <laughs> to have an, to have you know this forum to to leak that out into the world to geek out into the world and and uh you know i i i'm just glad that it exists as a format i really do i i, I and i think that those discussions around film are often what make up a lot of film podcasts so it it just makes way too much sense not to make it a part of our fabric you know oh yeah absolutely uh, so there is one film that I wanted to ask about because sure. since the first time that you told me about it, I like I, I have gone back and forth so many times on that is punk as f 
back to wait why on earth would anyone do that to but you know what i really get it to no i don't get it but the film that (laughs) i was probably the most excited about seeing um was the rob grant film it was was it 60 days of static 65 days of static static. yeah because of um (laughs) because of the fact that it was going to be a literal once in a lifetime viewing and that's not going to be a part of the the virtual um, platform, which I understand and I get. Um, but uh, yeah, like that uh, of all the ones in the lineup, that's probably the only one that I'm sad that didn't make it. Um, but there's a very good reason for it, and and, and I'd like for you to you know <laughs> say what yeah, say what happened with that I mean, one. And you know, I had a great conversation with Rob about man. You know, obviously. This was about being in the room and the experiential element of it and not being able to experience it if you were outside of that room. And that idea, that specialness, that doesn't translate to 30,000 homes the way that it would to the intimacy of that theater. And to, to Rob's absolute credit, he's said, hey, this movie's waiting for CFF. As soon as we get back down on the ground we're going to do it. So it's not over yet. You're going to see it. And, and Rob is still very much a part of our family. And I guarantee you that won't be the last you hear from him at CFF. <laughs> it better not be because Harpoon was one of the top movies from last year. God, oh my it's, God. Tr- it's absolutely so terrific. I, I've had a chance to, to rewatch it a few times during quarantine. And I just, I just love what those guys did and, and, and how economically and, and brilliantly they did it. And that'd be an interesting movie to watch while in quarantine because that is basically a movie about. <laughs> oh man, I've been. You know, for me, I've been accidentally watching movies like like Twelve Monkeys and being like, "Oh man, there's a virus in this one too." You know, like so it's like it's it's kind of it's kind of funny uh, experiencing some of these films through the lens now of, of being in quarantine. But but yeah, no, uh, Rob, Rob is somebody that I I just adore and. Whatever that guy does, CFF is like pre-signed on to to <laughs> to have him out if we, if 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 he'll have us, you know. That that is super exciting to hear. Uh, yeah, watching that in quarantine. I mean, hell, last year we did. Uh, was it two episodes? Because we wouldn't shut up about the movies of uh, two guys, a girl, and a bad situation. Because right. there were at least four movies where that was the setup, where it was just two guys, a girl, and they were in a terrible situation. So there was Harpoon, which was amazing. Uh, there was The Fair, which I didn't know what to expect going into it, but now it has just a very warm place in my heart. And it's. Oh, I feel it, the same way. Yeah. I love like, those filmmakers. I love what they uh, did. To, to me, girl. Growing up with the Twilight Zone, it's so cool to see someone channel that vibe, that eeriness, and I, I love that movie so much. I, I like, I just hats off to, to DC and Brina for for what they did with that. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it's heartwarming and it's hopeful, and I I, I love it. Uh, Sadistic Intentions was one of the other ones, which we, we love Eric here on the oh, podcast. Man. Yeah, <laughs> we've man, talked it, about it, that movie like I, six times. I love Eric so much and and another one of those guys that like, you know, you don't run into that many guys that you just see eye to eye with musically speaking and to be able to speak to, to Eric and like death metal references like that makes me love him twice as much. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just think that guy is true blue. And, and not only that, uh, you know, I, I love watching Jeremy Gardner work and I love oh watching God, Taylor yes. 
And I just, I, I just love that he cast them. I love, and by the way, I'm sure you guys saw and congrats to, to the two of them that, that they they just got engaged in real yeah. life. So if you, so if you think about it, Eric's movie, uh, really created uh, a, a legitimate <laughs> romance. And I, I think that, that that's so awesome. I, I just Beautiful. love that guy. He's a, I, I had a, a chance to, to join a zoom call, uh, with, with Eric and, uh, and Josh Ethier and, and Joe Bigos and Matt Mercer and, and a couple of folks that I hadn't had a chance to catch up with. And one of the things I noticed about Eric, uh, as the call was winding down and everybody was, was trying to go to sleep, Eric was still like, Hey, who wants to stay up and watch, uh, I don't know, uh, uh internal affairs on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like, with still like, like you know actively trying to to recruit people to watch movies with him still and i just you you see guys right. like that and you you know that it's not an act that they love every bit about making film and, and what movies are you know i i do wonder how many times uh taylor gives jeremy that eye roll in real life though <laughs> you know what man i i think that that to me is like a power couple power couple i uh i i, I get to watch those two work together on the set of after midnight of course and i just it was just a joy to talk to them and and uh that it was one of those things where you think that you're what when you're in a house that like has 110 degree temperature every day that tempers are going to flare and everything's going to be terrible and I can't think of a single bad memory from that shoot and that shoot included snakes falling out of walls. So, you know, <laughs> I, uh, if you can say that like a Christian Stella and his wife, Elise to our, our AD one who made fingers uh, that you might've seen last year with us. I just, mm-hmm. yep. I walked out of that movie feeling like my family had grown a little, a little more and man, th- those people, it'll be three in the morning and I'll get a text from them just checking in on me and, 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 and vice versa. Like Jeremy and I, like, we're, we're both baseball guys and since we're not getting any baseball right now, even commiserating about that has been, has been wonderful. I, I love those guys. I'd do anything for them. Yeah. All of the movies that you've just been listing uh, are, are the things that I love about cinema and some of my top movies from not just last year when they came out, but like the last five years, I love them so much after midnight. I, was. I, I, I'm oh so glad God. to hear that. Yeah. That, that was just something that obviously came from the heart and, uh, getting to be on that set. And again, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, at the top of the episode about my own battles with depression. Those guys didn't know how low down I was when they brought me out there to be a part of that little family. And I left there. And for the first time in my life, I was able to write and finish a screenplay. Uh, Bria Grant gave me some advice while I was down there. And the next thing I knew I had a finished film and, and, uh, now we're, we're, we're working toward making it happen. And, and that I would not have felt that comfort or that love if I wasn't in an environment every day where those guys were just, and, and again, the, the story I love to tell about Jeremy is that, uh, we had a day on that shoot where our generator, we needed to be shooting all night long and our generator died out. I mean, that thing was dead in the water and it was three in the morning. There was no way in hell to get a replacement generator out instead of cursing his luck cursing everyone on that set. Jeremy and Christian sat down on that front porch. They lit up a cigarette and from memory started to recite the Jurassic Park screenplay. And, uh, <laughs> I just, so, something about that moment, that memory of, of them, oh I, I just, I just realized how much they love. And, you know, same, I, I ran into them. 
I got to go out to Fantastic Fest this year and, and, and watch After Midnight with an audience there. And 10 minutes before we walked in for that screening to board, uh, Jeremy and I weren't talking about, you know, how nervous he was about his screening. Jeremy and I were talking about how an awesome Ed Harris is in Apollo 13. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you just understand how true blue those dudes are. Dave Lawson, the producer on that one, uh, obviously Justin and, and Aaron as well. Like, I just, to be surrounded by these people that, that really love it and get it, like, that makes me want to continue CFF. I, I, even to the point of, like, my own inability to eat. You know, it, it's been... It's been a sacrifice, but it's been a sacrifice that it didn't even feel like it was a choice to make. Like it felt like a moral imperative, like it had to keep happening. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you go hungry. Wait, that's not how I meant to say that. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, trust, trust me. These 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 guys haven't let me starve. People have been wonderful to me. I've even been doing like a Vimeo thing where people send me a few bucks on Vimeo and I give them, you know, personalized pics on, on their Twitter services and things. And I know these people don't need my movie recommendations that they're all just being sweethearts and, and throwing me a few bucks to, to, to help me keep things going. And uh, that means the world to me that they even, that they even pretend that they need their recommendations. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's just, I, I, I feel like there's a family around this thing now and I don't want that family to ever go away. And if it means that we have to, to build even two festivals in a single year and, you know, like basically bring ourselves to the, to the brink of sanity to do it, then we've all been willing to do it. So, well, there is the frightening ass film fest, uh, which I hear is there, mighty amazing. Uh, it's, it's an awful lot of fun to do. And even that is like, partially to deal with my postpartum CFF depression. It's like, uh, CFF, <laughs> CFF is over. What do we do now, guys? We got to figure out some way to show movies still. So that's what that is. And, uh, and, and uh, on a much smaller, easier to pull off scale, it's just, uh, you know, I, I love Halloween too much not to fill that month with as many horror movies as, as, as the dark Lords will allow. So uh, I will continue, <laughs> I, I will continue, I, I will continue to do so as, as long as I can. As well, you should. Uh, so, um, when you were talking about the uh, the Vimeo to do personal recommendations, um, when I saw you post that, I was like, "Oh man, I need to get some recommendations from Chris as soon as I have a chance to actually watch these movies." Um, sure. <laughs> but two things: one, and I know that you're not here to do this, but I'm asking you anyways. Where can people like actually contact you for that in terms of getting some of your recommendations and uh, and sending you money? And also, are you just like picking movies at random of like, oh, dude, you need to see this? Or are, are you trying to like personalize not, it based off of their tastes? Not at all. The, the joke that I've made, and I've been referring to this service, by the way, as Field of Streams, because I think that's hilarious. For <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. And, 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 the, and the, the unofficial slogan for Field of Streams is algorithm-free since 2020. And, and what that means <laughs> to me is that before I start that pro, it's almost like a tarot card reading or something. I say, all right, tell me what you've loved. Tell me five or six movies you love, shows you've loved, things that have meant something to you. Tell me what streaming services you have. And I've tried to kind of tailor from there. And if folks have come back and said, oh, yeah, this is a great list. I've actually seen a few things on it. I've made sure to send them bonus stuff. And, and uh, you know, it, it is one of those things where being a film programmer, I make the joke a lot, is kind of like being an FBI uh, serial killer profile. Like, <laughs> you start to realize... Uh, 
that there are similarities in the tastes and and the proclivities toward certain types of film fans. And it makes it easy to, in some ways to recommend something to somebody. And, and again, I'm not saying I've been right every time, but I've had a few people come back to me and say, man, you just sent me something that I didn't even know existed. And now it's like in my top 10 of all time. And what, in fact, recently, I think I've turned about like 20 people onto the movie young Sherlock Holmes who had no idea it existed. And uh, now that, I mean, I, I love that that movie's getting out there too. So it's been really incredibly generous of them to help me out. And I, it, I, it's basically, it's just, I'm on Venmo at, at C-Dorch II or at C-Dorch II, you know, the Roman numeral. And anybody that wants to, to send me five bucks, I'll send you a few pics. But, uh, uh, and that's only to keep myself eating. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, trust me, if I didn't need to do that, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing it at all. So it's such a great idea too, because man, those algorithms, algorithms that try to like determine, you know, movies that yeah. they, that are similar or ma- movies that you may like, they're always so far off. Uh, like especially on Netflix and stuff, like they're so. It, it feels more understand. and more like they know that they need to push their original content towards right, you yeah. rather rather than what the deep cuts on that platform are. And one of the really cool things about even something like a service like Tubi, which is free, or a service like Amazon Prime is that weirdly and slowly these services have started to have an inventory that rivals the weirdest mom and pop video stores that I used to go to when I was a kid. And because their algorithms are pushing that brand shiny new content, people are missing the stuff that the fact that that stuff is out there. So I I'm, I'm happy to help people kind of shovel through that. Uh, and, and hopefully find a few gems like, like there's a movie on, on, uh, uh, Amazon Prime right now called Paper House. That's the, it's one of the first films by Bernard Rose, who's yeah. well known for making Candyman, but not that many people know that Paper House exists. And God, that movie is just to me a perfect movie. So that that's one that I've been trying to put in the hands of as many people as I can. And everybody's list is different. I'm not just sending people the same picks, but uh, uh, it's it's been really really like something that's also brought me a lot of joy because. The reason I got into being a film programmer to begin with was to, to, you know, elicit joy from people who also loved movies. And it's, you know, at the same time helped me, you know, eke out the, 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 a, a modest, tiny, tiny living. And that's great. That's, that's enough for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, sharing the, movies. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, was just, no, I, just, no. I just love that sense of discovery too. Whenever you find like those little movies that, that you feel like nobody else knows about. Oh, it's so awesome, man. And then you can just share with people. I I just love that feeling. Yeah. And since we don't get the joy of being in a video store and discovering that truly bizarre cover box anymore and wondering what the hell that was, like what's the digital equivalent of that? So to me, if, if, if trying things like virtual film festivals or recommendation services or things like that are kind of the wave of the future and make things a little more personalized, like I want to see this digital streaming revolution that's happening get more personal, not less personal. And yeah. I'm sorry, but but you know I don't need an AI to tell me who Frame Roger Rabbit is friggin' awesome. Like I just don't. <laughs> so you know, you know, it's it's so I I I, I hope it people are taking it in, in the spirit that it was intended and, and not me like trying to grub money off of them, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Sharing movies with people. Th- th- there's something so special about it. Like I do a, and I have to put this in quotes so that people don't get onto me. I do a quote, bad movie, good beer night where, uh, you know, like people bring over just whatever, uh, good beers they want to contribute to the group. And then I curate some truly terrible slash amazing movies. 
movies that they would never watch themselves, but it's really me trying to trick them into watching <laughs> movies because if someone says, oh, you should watch Pieces because it is legitimately a great movie, you're probably going to go into it and be like, no, this is kind of crap. But if you tell people, oh, well, you should watch this terrible movie, like, oh, yeah, terrible movies are fun. And then while they're watching it, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's all the reasons that this movie is actually awesome. Uh, yeah, so I've, for some people, I had to trick them into it, but like with my few friends that have been able to make it, like that's something that they've really started to love. And uh, I did one the other night where we watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and my friend had never seen it before, and it was so God, special is, for me. That movie's such a treasure, and oh the, Chio- God, the Kyoto Brothers it. are such a like. God, I just love those guys. I mean, they gave us the critters too. Those those guys are. Like, I don't know that, that that's the stuff I grew up with and the stuff I love sharing the most. And, and, uh, you know, it it really is fun to like with pieces for me, how I usually, uh, when people over to get them to watch pieces is I show them the cover box and then I say, (laughs) read this tagline. (laughs) Tagline to pieces. I don't know if you remember it is it's exactly exactly what you you think think it is. is. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, how how do you read that and not think like, all right, let's settle up. Let's put this son bitch in, you know, like. So let's do it. I I uh, love that movie uh, so much, uh, uh, guys. I, I hate to do it. I, I'm gonna have to jump off here, but let, let's do. Please continue this conversation, and uh, I'd love to talk to you some more about all this stuff. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. I oh my god, I have so many more questions. All right, Chris, thank you so much for being here. No we problem, will, guys. Yes, such, a, such a joy you, always, and 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 thank you for the positivity about the lineup. You got to understand that even though we've been excited, we've all been in our little bubble here. And it's, it's always great to hear that, that, that there's some excitement actually out there on the streets about all the work that's been put in. So a big thanks from our whole team for you guys for, for, for being out there and, and, you know, uh, carrying the torch for us. It means a hell of a lot. (laughs) There's always excitement for CFF. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right, Chris, we love you. We will try to get another episode going, uh, hopefully, soon before CFF, but understandable if yeah, not. Yeah, sounds great. Go, go do your other thing. Eric and I will wrap things up here. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great night. Take care. Right, we'll see you. Oh, man. I, I love Chris. He's so much fun. Oh, man, it's it's so nice. It really is. It's great to get him on here. <laughs> like, it, and not just with Chris, but like every guest that we have, it's like, can, can we just turn this into like a five hour sleepover where we just stay up and talk about movies all night? Cause, cause that's what I want to do. And, uh, yeah. It, it really, I, yeah, it really is. That's, that's kind of the vibe. Like, that's what, like, I, I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but I'll say it again anyway, because fuck it. Um, <laughs> the great thing about like these film festival stuff is it feel it just reminds me of like going to summer camp and just like how it was one of those things where it's like going into it you know you've got a week to hang out with some people that you might see next year you may never see again but like just that little bit of time together staying up late and goofing off and doing all these like crazy fun activities and knowing that it is kind of a once in a lifetime experience like that's just that's why I love this film festival so much. And I think that what they've done with this virtual version of it really does feel like the best possible way that they could have done it. Given the circumstances, like I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Like uh, when I was reading through the announcements today and, uh, and like seeing this is the stuff that they have actually have lined up. 
<clears throat> excuse me uh like i saw their post you know however long ago it's been at this point where they announced that they were going to do the uh the virtual film fest that they were pairing with microsoft that uh they were doing all of these things to turn it into an actual film festival but seeing today all of the stuff they have lined up seeing those live events i was i, I was getting just as excited for this one as i have for every single year and oh, yeah. uh, I, I forget what episode we talked about this uh on I, I don't even remember, but like my pre-excitement uh, bleeds into the next year in terms of every year of CFF is always going to be better than the previous year because I have those memories of building up and, and that anticipation and excitement. But like when I read the announcement today, I didn't read it and go like, uh, yeah, I, I guess it'll be okay. Like I, I was looking at it, it's like, oh man, I, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. I'm going to have to actually make sure that I set time aside for this. I'm going to have to like really balance work and family during this. And uh, yeah, like there was that same level of excitement and the fact that they've been able, even at this level to pull that off, I cannot wait to see how this actually turns out. Uh, and you sent me the link you sent me the link and like in the in the um, URL for the leak it just said like I speak war <laughs> Joe Dante headline virtual Chattanooga Film Festival and I'm like holy shit I'm already so excited I haven't even clicked the link yet yeah <laughs> like, like oh my god we didn't even have a chance to talk about the fact that Guar is going to be I know, there I know like there's just so much that, that Guar kind of like got pushed to the back of my mind but yeah I read that and I'm just like are you kidding like they're doing like a live Q&A and I've just I cannot <laughs> even imagine the kind of shenanigans that are going to unfold in a live Q&A with Guar like that just. Oh, man. Oh, Chris, if you're listening back to this episode uh, <laughs> when it posts, uh, rather than calling the Guar Q&A, can you call it a Guar WTF? Because I feel like that might be slightly more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. So I do feel like we need to say this. Uh, CFF is one of our sponsors. That is not why we say great things about them. Like it's not, Oh, they sponsor us. So here we have to blow smoke up their ass. No, like we legitimately love them. And long before they were our sponsors, we got this amped and this excited and Mm. shared this much love with them. I just always want to be transparent on the episode to let people know. Yeah, they're our sponsor. That's not why we love them. We love them because of how much love they pour into cinema. And, and and I think that Chris makes that pretty clear. Uh, at least I always feel it when I'm talking to him in terms of, I never feel any sort of cinematic elitism from him. You know, there's never oh, a, sure. Oh God, did why haven't you seen this? Um, I mean, even when, uh, even last year when we were doing our horror movie blind spots and like he was trying to pull some deep cuts and then like he stopped and was like, wait a second, I've not seen children of the corn. Let's talk about that because if we're yeah. going to talk about blind spots, I want to pick like a mainstream, not necessarily mainstream, but something where a lot of people will have had the chance to see it to, to really show some of that. Like, yeah, it's, it's okay if you've not seen every single movie and I, I, I just genuinely love how excited he is to share movies <clears throat> excuse me um and yeah I, I i wonder how many of the movies he personally is going to intro or do q a's on because i mean you can attest to this any film that he has introed at uh, cff he makes it sound like it is the best movie that you have ever seen 
And sometimes you might say, well, wait a second. Is he just being a hype man? Is he just <laughs> saying this just because it's the movie that he's about to about to screen? And I don't think so. Like, I legitimately feel like every movie that he speaks highly of is his very raw emotion of how much he loves that movie. No, for sure. Like his, his enthusiasm is completely sincere. Like, I mean, I feel like I, like, I feel like everything that he says is completely genuine for sure. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and that's some really what I love. So, I mean, all of that just comes through in every aspect of this festival. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it does, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Depending on the person, sometimes that hype can backfire just in terms of I'm going to use me and you as an example for you. When something is really hyped, you get like if it doesn't live up to that hype, there's that like, oh, well, I was expecting too much. Whereas for me, when he hypes it up. I struggle managing my expectations. (laughs) You do. (laughs) But for people like me, when he hypes it up, that uh, starts off my enjoyment higher. So even if I wouldn't have enjoyed the movie otherwise, because of some of that, like, oh, man, here's so much fun. And like, this is why you should love it. Like, I'm going into it like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for this. Uh, and, and so I do think that that's important for people to be aware of the fact that not everyone is going to love everything. And yes, we have been super hyping everything just because I, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I am that excited. I have been wanting to talk to Chris again for so long, and I know that he's been so busy and dealing with so much with CFF and just having him back on the episode. It. I, I don't know. Like there, there's just a, a lot of joy running through me right now. No, for and sure. This is really just a chance for us to kind of fangirl out beforehand. So we don't really explode with anticipation before, before it actually goes down. Uh, oh man. I, yep. We, we should probably stop ranting and raving so much. Uh, just in case we do have a chance to do another episode, we don't get too repetitive <laughs> between what for we're sure, saying yeah. now and, and what we're saying later. Um, the, there are some things that, that I did want to highlight, uh, the first of which being, we talked a lot about, um, about some of the, the feature films that are going to be screening and some of those live events. But I also really want to highlight the shorts, which, uh, all of those are, are posted. You can already see all of the films that are going to be playing during CFF. Uh, so like you can actually go through and, uh, and get a sense of which shorts you actually want to see. And, Part of the reason that I want to um, mention the short films is because that is short films are part of um, they're part of what has introduced me to some of the filmmakers that we've gotten to talk to. So, like, I think my first introduction to Matt Mercer was his feeding time short. And I loved that so much that then everything else that he's been in for me, it's been um, it's been colored by that feeding time, which it's just so much fun and at times silly. And, uh, you know, just because we love Matt, we'll send some more love towards him. The short that he was in last year, Allergic Overreaction, which did did you have a chance to see that one at Knoxville? so oh man that one was wild (laughs) it's such a dumb premise it's a guy that eats like 12 cookies that have nuts in them before someone points out hey those had nuts and he accuses them of trying to kill him (laughs) then it becomes like a slasher movie almost or something like it's so bonkers and goofy but yeah it's it's a ton of fun 
And it's so much fun. And you get to do things with short films that you typically aren't going to see in feature length films. So like with a lot of shorts, uh, there are some amazing, like great high production. Like this should be a feature length film shorts that are out there. Uh, And and I don't want to downplay those at all. But I also really want to highlight some of the shorts that when you watch them, you know that they're just people saying, hey, you know, what would be a lot of fun this and just having fun with it and like yes they're taking it seriously but i feel like people who do short films they they just i don't know i I feel like they allow themselves to get into it a little bit more and just because it's like making a movie with your friends you know yeah it's kind of got like a diy feel to it you know there's definitely a feeling that for a lot of them it's like hey you know what let's make a movie and there's kind of an all killer no filler approach to it (laughs) you don't have to be bogged down with the machinations of plot and you know three act structure and all that kind of stuff it's like let's just throw what we can at the wall and see what sticks like yeah and just being able to anarchy to it in, in in a lot of cases yeah and being able to follow just like some of the dumbest premises that like why on earth would there ever be a feature length film about this premise but as a short it's just like yep Perfect. That is exactly what I wanted. I didn't want an entire cake. I just wanted a super gooey, fudgy, chocolatey brownie that was just an overload, but the perfect size for what it was. I use a lot of food analogies on the podcast. I need to probably eat before we record more often. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a s'more before before we recorded. So I'm good. S'more what? <laughs> You're always going to make that joke, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, you've seen Sandlot. How can I not make that joke? <clears throat> uh, so yes, the the short films. Um, that's one of the other things that I've always loved about CFF. They uh, they have a local shorts block. They have student film shorts, and so it's not just you know Hollywood people sending in their highly produced shorts. It is local filmmakers. It is people like us who just want to go out and have some fun and, and make a movie and they do. And then they get the exposure through CFF. And um, I, I've always loved that about them. Um, and growing up on things like twilight zone and watching anthology movies and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I've always had a, a special place in my heart for, uh, for short films, but, uh, but yeah. Yes. Sorry. I was muting for a second because my microwave is, is, is on now. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Uh, makes it difficult for episodes, but uh, probably then less to actually go back and edit. All right. We probably should wrap things up because we could go on for hours talking about CFF. And by four hours, I mean like the number four. Like literally. You know, yeah. Like, yes, we literally could talk <laughs> about it for longer than the Lord of the Rings extended cut. Um, I've never seen those. I saw somebody talking about those today on Twitter, and I've never seen the extended versions. There's some parts about them that are uh, that are great and absolutely need to be seen. Other times, it's just like, you know, these movies are already long enough. Um, I, I don't remember yeah, the last like time that some, I watched. I, what I was looking at was there were people debating on whether or not, like, like they're like, yeah, the extended editions have great stuff in them, but it kind of loses the momentum. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the case with anything. Um, you know, like those director's cuts where it's like, we're showing everything that we recorded. Like, yeah. That sometimes that doesn't need to be done. Um, all right. So 
CFF is, you know, we've been saying it's in a few days. We've not actually said what dates those are. The uh, The virtual CFF is going to be Friday, May 22nd through Monday, May 25th. Um, again, you can get uh, day passes for just 10 bucks, or you can get the entire weekend for 30 or there is that VIP level for $100. Uh, and, and the proceeds from... Uh, the proceeds from those tickets uh, does go back. It, it's split between CFF and the filmmakers. So please, if you love indie cinema, if you love movies at all, and you want to make sure that cinema doesn't die, even if you're not able to actually watch everything, please, please, please buy some passes and uh, and contribute to CFF. And if you want to make sure that CFF itself doesn't die and wants to uh, share the love with them even more, you can also donate uh, on CFF's website, which is chatfilmfest.org, which is also where you can sign up to get notifications about when the badges go on sale. Um, By the time this episode posts, they might already be on sale. I don't know what date that is actually happening, and I don't know what date this is going to be posted. So they will either go on sale soon or they are already on sale depending on where in the timeline we actually are because you know eric's a time traveler so yes, that happens sometimes. only me though <laughs> not you <laughs> it makes it really weird for the uh, for the episodes when you travel through time and i haven't a little bit and speaking well, of traveling through time chatfilmfest.org yeah. you can figure it out on your own Yes, go to chatfilmfest.org, follow them on social media, um, and 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 send them lots of love. And speaking of traveling through time, uh, we're also going to be continuing our decades episodes. Um, what are we? We're in May, so the 50s is coming up, mm-hmm. and I am so excited for us to talk about the 50s. Whew, man. Yeah, you're, you're showing me up a little bit on this one. You're getting a head start on me. <laughs> You, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, it's a little intimidating actually because you've already watched more movies than I have, and I'm trying to catch up and do yeah, other things. Time. Some, some of them are, uh, some of them have like reverted back to the uh, like 30s where they're only an hour long. So, um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of those monster movies for sure. They're like, yeah, they got that like just barely over 60 minutes. Yeah, because, you know, you got the drive-in where you would go for a triple feature because it would only be two and a half or three hours. But I I am so... I, I've enjoyed all of the Decades episodes that we've done so far. I am especially excited about 50s and beyond because there's just a lot of stuff to talk about. But we'll get there when we do our Decades episode. Um, we're also going to be continuing our Pandemic episodes. I, I don't know, eventually, when we get around to it. It's been hard for us to actually. Maybe set after the time. pandemic is over. <laughs> I was thinking about we'll that. Like we're <laughs> finally going to get into it when people start returning to work and things are dying down. It's like, oh, but don't you still want to watch movies about being in quarantine? Don't, don't you want a reminder of that terrible time that you had for like, <laughs> you know, three to fifty months, however long it's going to last? Who knows at this point. <laughs> Yeah, don't you want to watch Barbershop and remember how much you complained about needing a haircut so that other people could die? (laughs) People are the worst. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to be continuing our pandemic series. I don't know when, just whenever we have a chance to to do some episodes. There's plenty of movies that will line up with it. Um, 
And since one of the categories was things to distract you from the pandemic, pretty much any episode while we're in this uh, technically is a pandemic episode because it's a distraction from dealing with the pandemic. That's true. Unfortunately, pretty much every episode going forward will be tangentially some kind of pandemic episode because it's uh, pretty much changed the way that everything works going forward and some fascinating and unfortunate and I guess in some ways, good ways. Yeah. Like just about every movie that I've been watching, there's been some level of, huh, that's a little too relevant. Huh? Weird. Especially like watching some of these fifties movies. Like I've seen so almost every single one of them. There's something where I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Like I was watching them. And at one point they declare martial law and shut down the city of Los Angeles. I'm like, Oh, hmm, okay. Well, we, we'll get into that when we get to the fifties episode, but some of that is, uh, you know, that whole post-war and, uh, like pre cold war era scare and not trusting the other. And yeah, uh, it's just rather than being scared of atoms, now we are scared of bugs. Which, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of overlap. We're also, at some point, again, not really sure when, we're going to be doing an episode on um, on Butterfly Kisses, which is a... I, I don't want to give spoilers in terms of how I feel about it, but it is a found footage documentary mockumentary it it it's something it's a fiction uh, film yes just to, <laughs> so it's not an actual documentary but <laughs> but it shot like a documentary a, and yeah. uh that's something that i feel like helps set it apart a little bit but again we'll get into all of those details not really sure when that episode is going to be um eventually but I'm looking forward to talking about this one. So that should hopefully be fun. All right. Yeah, I have to watch it still. I haven't done it yet. Well, it's not like you're not doing things. Uh, all right. And it's not like you're not going to have, you know, four days worth of movies that you're going to have to watch. Um, <laughs> you, you might have to just put life on hold for a few days. And uh, I, I wish. Yeah. It's basically been my fantasy, which is weird because my life is put on hold, but also not. It's like on hold, but I still have to do all the same stuff that I did when it wasn't on hold. Yeah, it's like uh, when you've got five calls coming in, you pick it up. Just hold, please. Hang that one up. Hold, please. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I wish I could just like freeze time for a little bit and just like hang out and (laughs) just nothing happening around me at all. I was saying to Jess the other day. Uh, I, I I don't know. I was complaining about something and she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just want to watch all the movies, like literally <laughs> all the movies. I want like 10 screens going on at the same time. Pry my old, try my eyes open uh, all clockwork orangey. Go just clock, let yeah. me absorb <laughs> all of the movies. That's what I want to do right now. Um, that's not what, that's not what's happening because I still maintain <sighs> yeah. some sense of sanity. All right. We should stop talking so that we have more things to talk about later. Eric, where do you want people to find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Chimerican. That is C H I M E R I C A N. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews and on Letterboxd at Eric J A Y. And you can find me on Letterboxd at the Gargoyle. 
And you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Video Monster Pod. Uh, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to keep coming back for more of our CFF coverage, be sure to follow uh, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. That's what it's called now, right? It's not iTunes anymore, right? Didn't they split it? Yeah, it's its, its own little thing. It's Apple. It's Apple Podcasts, yeah. Yeah. So Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a number of other platforms, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, just do a search for Video Monsters, and hopefully there won't be too many <laughs> that actually show up. Uh, but ours is the one that has two kind of silly looking monsters working in a video store with one of us fighting a VCR monster. That would be Eric fighting the VCR oh, Mary, monster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Because I am noble and brave and do what I have to do to uh, to get the job done. Except for the fact that the look on your face is confused and uh, worried. And um, I didn't say I did a good job. I'm just saying I'm, I'm doing what I can <laughs> while, while panicking, which is how I do everything. Pretty much. Uh, and if I know that we've already mentioned this, but please be sure to follow Chat Film Fest on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, go to chatfilmfest.org. Links to their social media is there. We also have it linked on uh, on our sites. So please follow them, support them. Uh, even if you're not able to make it to the Film Fest, throw a, fo- a few bucks their way. But I mean, if you're going to toss five bucks their way, might as well make it 10 and get a day pass to uh, to watch some films in the 22nd through the 25th i i'm good at things aren't i that was a great way to say support cff wasn't it um sure yeah i (laughs) i support you nathan so so yes you you support them well don't support me support cff we love them we genuinely do uh i probably wouldn't be able to do a better job let's just say that like there's a reason why you're the host i don't know we should we should flip the script one day and let me be like the host and do all the all the uh um what's the word housekeeping things yes just just see how everything goes off the rails oh man we we really should maybe i'll uh, maybe i'll be better maybe (laughs) that that is a possibility it'd be fun if maybe we could do like um, a series on like body swap movies and then we can swap the lead host and co-host duties during that time. Ooh, parameters. I, I, I like it. Yeah. 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 I, I made that up on the spot, which I'm not usually good at, but, uh, but yeah, I can, I mean, the more I said, the more I started to say it, the more I was like, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a ton of like body swap movies like, uh, uh, Freaky Friday, uh, Freak, Freaky Friday and, Oh God! What's the one with Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold? Uh, is that like uh, Father Like Son? No, no. Or is that the Kirk? Cam- Isn't there a Kirk Cameron one? I, th- I think that's yeah. No, this it's um. What is that one? Oh my God! It's killing me. It it is a Christmas movie, even though like nothing about it says Christmas, except for the fact <laughs> that like it takes place at Christmas. Uh oh, it doesn't matter. There's one with Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage where they swap bodies because you know things Beverly Hills, uh, fast times original high the santa claus no, no. i'm just naming judge reinhold movies i i am aware of what you're doing and you're <laughs> wrong uh it it wouldn't it's not quite body swapping but kind of uh all of me with steve martin and oh, oh you know i've never seen them with lily tomlin i've never seen yes, it with lily I'm, tomlin it's it is not the best steve martin movie but i i love it it's it's, it's funny 
like most movies there are parts of it that have not aged well but uh overall it's <laughs> it's still still a good laugh all right we have rambled on vice way versa. too long vice versa yes that's the one with judge reinhold and fred savage yeah uh, and movies come on cable all the time i can't believe i never actually watched it though it's fred savage does a very good job of acting like an adult and judge reinhold does a very good job of acting like a kid like i i can't really think of two better people to have played the swapped roles i don't uh, i don't think that they're, uh, what no i don't want a remake of it whatever it is a remake <clears throat> i don't i don't want a remake wait, wait a minute like, a father, like son had dudley moore in it that's weird okay i'm sorry we're we're really off the rails now <laughs> this is what happens when we podcast late at night all right we should stop save talking. this for the post credits uh no because i've not gotten to the the part where i say what do i say at the end <laughs> i say oh right <laughs> <laughs> well typically it's mid-sentence when mm-hmm. i go all right that's been it for this episode of video monsters i'm nathan and i'm Merrick. And remember, kids, support CFF, support indie cinema, uh, support your friends, support people you love, love people, don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> all, all, just, the, all the things that we always say on all these. Yes. Just do a super cut of all of our post-credits uh, dribble. And yeah, it's like video monsters where we take movies seriously, but not ourselves. Also, support indie cinema. Also, don't be a dick. <laughs> Hashtag don't be a dick. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's words that we've said. A lot of them. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't want to stay and do a post credits like full other episode? I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of dead, man. I mean, like, I, I can just feel like my, my mental and physical health slowly ebbing away with every second of every day that I've spent in quarantine. So, like, I'm, I'm just wasting away over here. So what you're saying, <laughs> to add. what you're saying is this is a perfect time to go ahead and jump straight into 10 Cloverfield Lane, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we can dive right into that one, right? Like, you've got, you've got another two hours that you can stay awake, right? Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> so, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, Wait, I feel like you were joking. Huh? Am I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing anymore. This is a very long post credit scene. And yet it's probably not even our longest one. It, it feels like we have the right family to put this together. Like everybody gets that it needed to be something that you might walk away from it, having those memories intact and having it feel like a fucking festival, you know?